Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon and welcome to the COB. My name is Carl Rodder. It's great to have your company on this Monday afternoon, the first day of the trading week, of course. And let's see where the market has finished up. Cash trade, shall we? The CBO 200, drumroll please. Down a fraction, 0.17% for the session. Just a little bit of a give back after yesterday, uh, sorry, I should say last week's very significant rally and well arguably it was some of that data out of China that rattled sentiment although we were trading more or less sideways with perhaps a slight downward bias throughout the session to the three themes of the day and China's probably the big one it has to be said disappointing growth numbers once again China slow down Coming in below expectations some signs of strength coming through in the fixed asset investment uh, figures as well as industrial production figures, but overall still f- uh, confirming that economic activity is weak in the Middle Kingdom and perhaps more stimulus is going to be required there. We will have a loan prime rate decision at the end of the week before a Politburo meeting not too far away. Hopefully that will signal more stimulus to come from the fiscal side as well. Slow off the mark, like I said, the week has started very quietly. Japan on a public holiday, Hong Kong's markets offline because of a typhoon. And last but not least, confession season. And we will be picking apart some of those corporate stories here locally, getting a lot of companies now trying to air the dirty laundry before they have to report in less than a month's time. But let's get to some of the areas of the market today that moved and shook. Miners to begin with off and selling off around midday in particular that's when the Chinese data hit their headlines and confirmed those weaker than expected GDP figures so BHP Rio Tinto Fortescue metals all lower at South 32 an outlier but that's an energy name and we'll look at the energy space now because it was also struggling overall today Woodside Energy down Santos as well a few exceptions Sol Pattinson flat Whitehaven coal up 2.56%. We'll cover that story in just a moment, but out with the production update, worse than than expected, but still investors seem to respond well to some solid sales figures. Last but not least, Infotech stocks, a little mixed, but edged higher throughout the session. YSEC Global back above $80 per share. Zero steady, Altium up. That's a big milestone there. And in fact, I think it might be around five cents from record highs, YSEC Global. So there's nothing holding that stock back, it would seem, just at the moment. But let's get to some stock news now. And shares of Endeavor Group have slumped to a record low after the Victorian government unveiled reforms to impose tougher restrictions on poker machines in the state. Victoria gamblers will be forced to set binding limits on daily poker machine losses, while venues will be made to shut their gaming operations for at least six hours a day. Endeavour responding to the moves, saying it welcomed the opportunity to work closely with the government as they determined timelines and models for proposed changes. And in the banking space, NAB introduced new blocks on some cryptocurrency platforms where scams are more prevalent, 
halting millions in payments between March and July. It intervened in more than $270 million worth of customer payments, which raised scam concerns. New insights from the bank says 40% of Australians are extremely willing for payments to be slower if they were better protected from scammers. And we spoke about some of those confession season darlings, lack of a better word. Whitehaven Coal on the watch list, it posted a 20% drop in fourth quarter production. It was hit by operational laggards and weak performance at its Narrabri mine, though came in at the lower end of its full year guidance. Looking ahead, the company is flagging volatility in metallurgical markets and is expected to continue for the remainder of 2023. And in other news, Rio Tinto is set to invest over $40 million in sovereign metals in exchange for initial 15% stake in that company, with Sovereign to use the funds to advance its Rutile graphite project in East Africa. And IGO is expecting to post a non-cash impairment charge of up to $980 million in fiscal 2023, though it says it won't impact full-year earnings. It comes after a review of its assets acquired from its buyout of nickel producer Western Areas in 2022. This has it withdraws previous guidance for its Cosmos project in Western Australia on the back of challenges to the mines production schedule and delays in development. And last but not least, MMA Offshore updating its outlook, forecasting strong earnings growth for full year 2023, tipping EBITDA to be between 66 and $68 million with positive market conditions expected to continue into FY24. So some of those shares, where do they finish up? There you go. Whitehaven Coal higher, Rio Tinto dipping. That might have been the China news. IGO clawing back early losses, but still down by 4.2%. And MMA offshore up by 4.26%. So let's get to our stock of the day. And it was Endeavor off the back of that regulatory news. We had Gaurav Sodhi and Matsun Sumasandaram speaking with David Koch about their view on Endeavor. I in the second half of the year, yeah. and with interest rates, I think despite the change, we're probably going to be one probably hike and then hold, um, and that's going to be flowing through the economy as well. So all yeah. of these things, the consumer spending is going to be tough. So I'm not jumping into Endeavor, but damn. Um, it is good enough that I want to keep looking at it and I just don't know where the bottom is. And I, I'm happy to say I don't know. Asked, we specifically targeted that part of the business and said there is regulation risk here and we do not think it is being adequately priced by the market. Well, yeah. um, that regulation yeah, risk came, came to pass. And, and yes, and I think this is going to be a wholesale repricing of the entire business. Mm. I, I think we're going to see permanently lower multiples um, until growth resumes again. And, and I think that's entirely appropriate. I think the price before was wrong, and I think the price now is probably more reflective of the multiples that this business ought to trade at, which is much lower, I, I think, than um, than was the case in the past. So I don't think this is necessarily a, a buying opportunity. I still think it's a sell, even though it's fallen a long way. Right. Um, but I, I think there will be a time to come back and look at this, but it is too early. Uh, Okay, so not an emphatic call there either way on Endeavor, other than to say that perhaps while this risk was mispriced in the market, 
Uh, Martin there potentially saying that, well, you might like to look at the stock here, but nevertheless, it's not a buy, it won't be going to the Investment Committee Endeavour Group. Let's get a wrap on the day now, and I'd like to welcome to the COB, Hebe Chen from IG Australia. Hebe, thanks for dropping by today. Really appreciate it. Um, looks like a fairly quiet start to the week. The market down just a fraction. Good afternoon, Carl. Yes, that's right. Um, it's a quiet. It's a quiet as well as a bit of cloudy day in the Asian market today. Um, as you mentioned, the two market was closed today, the Japan and the Hong Kong market. But apart from that, most of the Asian markets sort of thinking a bit softer. Um, to start the week, I think two key main reasons drivers behind this one is that the sort of following what happened in the U.S. market on Friday is showing that the it's sort of like a rally for the past week, which was pretty strong last week, appears to lose its steam towards the end of the week, despite that uh, the banking sector has reported quite a impressive earnings, but it's sort of like a risk appetite getting a bit weakening towards the end of the week. So that has definitely impacting the Asian market uh, as to start a new week, as well as the China's data, as you just covering up the China uh, has reported a big bag of the data today, especially the Q2 GDP sort of missed the expectation in a quite wide range, the 6.2 versus the 7.3%. Um, apart from that, I think there's also a lot of things we can look at into the Chinese economy that's showing that the confidence is still pretty weak for China's economy's outlook. Yeah, well, uh, let's get into that data now, because again, it seemed to rattle investors just a little bit, especially those cyclicals around the middle of the day. So what was your take from the Chinese economic data dump? Well, I think today's data um, plus to, together with what we have showing in the weekend about the property price showing a no change for the previous year, sort of painting a quite comprehensive picture about what, answering the question, what is going on in the Chinese economy? If I have to summary up, I think there's two key takeaways. One is the domestic demand is definitely pretty weak, which you can tell from a zero inflation rate as well as a retail sales data source under them expected, expected today. It's 3.8% growth from last year, but we don't forget that the comparison benchmark is to the last year when the most of the China's the major cities were in lockdown or partially lockdown. So 3.8% is definitely not a big number to celebrate for. Apart from that, I think a deeper issue for the Chinese economy is about the confidence. It's about the, whether the either the household or the business or the investor do have the confidence for the economy. I think the answer is definitely pretty uh, not positive. If you're looking for the property prices not change, not changing, it's not even growing. The fixed asset investments under them estimated as well as the production, industrial production. So it looks like the not only the domestic demand is pretty low as well as the confidence, the whole um, economy, the whole market having the confidence for China's economy is also pretty low as well. So. More likely, if you're looking forward into the next remaining of the year, I think one of the only silver lining is that we can see that China potentially will meet the yearly target of 5% by the end of this year. But I think the market will be not just focusing what's happening in 2023, but what's next after this. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, again, like you said, it seems to be that confidence issue uh, in the uh, Chinese economy right now. Um, what about the week ahead? A lot of macro data. And I mean, US earnings season is really picking up now. Yes. Um, we already have the banking kick off the earnings seasons. We're having a couple of the banks will report today. 
or tomorrow, including the Bank of America, also as well as the uh, the, uh, the Goldman Sachs as well. But I believe the market will be quite likely focused on the midweek, having Netflix as well as Tesla. I think the, one of the things in common to uh, checking the earnings is about the profitability. As we know that Netflix profitability dropping about 18% last last earnings. Um, so we will see how that would how the, the company potentially will fix the issue there. And Tesla is a big issue as well as we know that Tesla has been running through a couple of the price reduction um, from last year to this year. So it definitely have a big impact on the profitability as well. Apart from ending seasons, I think for the Aussie market, the unemployment rate will be big watch on Thursday. Um, we're expecting a 3.6%, but uh, I think any number higher than that will further cooling down the expectation for further rate hike by RBA, which is already on the downtrend from previous week. Um, apart from that, I think globally, the inflation will be a key talking point. So we're having the inflation from UK as well as Japan and New Zealand. So they will sort of attract the eyeballs for the market this week. Yeah, it's going to be another exciting one. No rest for the wicked. And uh, Hebe, really appreciate you providing some insights on it. Uh, have a wonderful week. We'll talk soon, Hebe Chen from IG Australia. You too. Thank you. Okay, let's get to the leaders and laggards now, shall we? Starting off with those leaders. Medibank Private up 4% today. I can't say that there's necessarily been that much news, at least that I've been aware of, um, but we have seen that stock beaten down just a little bit, especially after regulators stepped in and demanded that it put aside that, aside that additional capital to cover some of the possible expenses related to that cyber attack that it had last year. But anyway, it's up 4%. Home Consortium, Credit Corp, NetWealth, uh, NetWealth bouncing back after a sell-off on Friday. Some broker downgrades after it provided a quarterly update there trying to find its feet. Laggards now, Endeavour Group, stock of the day, down 10%, already gone through the news, but regulatory risk there clearly. Uh, going to hit profits going forward. Imugene, always a wild ride, down 6%. Sata Mining, IGO and Paladin Energy, a bit of a resource play. We did see materials, the big lag out on the market today, but IGO reporting a non-cash impairment, another victim of uh, confession season. So investors selling that stock, although uh, it did pull back from, or bounce I should say, from the lows of the day. Let's get to the small cap leaders and laggards, if we may. Let's uh, just to quickly peruse if there's uh, anything there. Um, nothing too much. Drone Shield out with another update today, in fact, um, up by 17.8%. I believe it was around a contract that the company has won. Uh, let's go to the laggards now in the small cap space. And uh, well, there you can see nothing that really jumps off the screen. But if you're in it, well, uh, I'm sorry to say it's been a tough day for you. Beside of Nick, Altec Battery, Brockman Mining, Magnus Energy Tech, PYC, Therapeutics, the laggards when it comes to the small caps. Okie dokie, let's quickly run through what is on overnight. A little bit of, uh, well, I suppose politics to take care of. G20 meetings are being run. We also have the Empire State Manufacturing Index. Some of those figures in the United States coming in very weak recently. And while that two-speed economy between the manufacturing sector and services sector persisting, perhaps we'll get uh, the latest read when it comes to the Empire State Manufacturing Index, obviously just applying to, to New York State there. Also in the, well, night and week ahead, we've got a bit of earnings on. I thought I would provide this as a bit of a snapshot as to what's coming up this week. A deluge of companies, including, well, Tesla and Netflix on Wednesday. That'll be Thursday morning our time. But tonight uh, we get First Bank reporting. Uh, not too many, uh, to be absolutely fair, but tomorrow night, again, we get another uh, lot 
of US banks and financial institutions, including Bank of America, Charles Schwab, and Morgan Stanley handing down results. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for that, especially any kind of uh, well positioning and chatter going into the event. Last but not least, let's have a look at what we do have coming up tomorrow. And the data docket is, well, fairly busy. We do have the RBA minutes uh, on uh, coming out at 11.30, provide some color on that decision earlier on in the month and, well, maybe frame somewhat what we can expect going ahead into this August decision. And, uh, well, also, too, some corporate news. Zero uh, Resources that is out with a production update. We also get some quarterly reports out there. Hub amongst them, Hub24 amongst them. Okay, well, let's see if we can get one final check on the local market. I will let you know where the ASX 200 has closed. There you go, the SIBO 200 index down by 0.15%. The ASX 200 off by a slightly smaller margin and marking a little bit of a rally in the uh, aftermarket option. Finishing the day's trade down 0.06% and at 7299, 7299. So, uh, well, we'll call it even for the day there you go that's the uh, intraday price action fairly choppy throughout well that does do it for the cob remember you can catch up on all the news and interviews throughout the day we'll see you tomorrow morning have a lovely evening ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.